Quick disclaimer, this interview was done on November 21st, 2020, but due to some complications, it could only be posted now. With that in mind, please enjoy the interview. Thank you so much. Hello, this is Sid Stroth here at 88.9 The Bridge. And I'm here today with a special interview for you with Kiki. She's a friend from Michigan, a battleground state, and recently graduated from college. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's really a pleasure to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Okay, so I'll just start this off. Like I said earlier, you live in a battleground state, and since the country is really politically divided right now, the tensions are, I'm just guessing that they're probably pretty high in Michigan with all the everything that's going on right now. So that means that many people around you will probably might have different political views. And what do you think are the pros and cons of living in a battleground state and why? Um, so I think there are actually a lot of pros to living in a battleground state because growing up in my neighborhood, in my town, it was really important to see people who had different views to interact with people who had different views because I think it's always important that when you're growing up and when you're learning to be critical of the things that you believe like you should always be like oh I could possibly be wrong and having people with different political views who disagree with me having those people around they always force me to question my own views and make sure that I was informed that I had all the facts and I thought that was really important because if we all live together with people with different political views we're forced to hold each other accountable and I think that's the most important thing um obviously there are cons um especially now because there can be just so much animosity people can be mad at each other without even knowing each other um there can be like you know a lot of we've had like protests and counter protests or protests like protesters are yelling at each other from either side so obviously it can be very I don't want to say violent because violence hasn't happened yet here thankfully but I want to say that there can be a lot of anger and that's a huge con but the pro is definitely that if there are people with different political views we can all hold each other accountable yeah, I think that's that's definitely something good. That's something I don't really get here in King County. <laughs> I'm just like stuck in this little bubble. <laughs> so talking about that bubble, right? So mm -hmm. I know that like a place like King County, I'm basically in a blue political bubble. I have mm -hmm. these political views and my friends and many and many, not all of my mm -hmm. friends also share that same thing. So I'm sort of in that bubble. Do you think that larger cities like Detroit in Michigan have that same blue bubble and how do you think that affects like the your daily life in Detroit? So it's actually really interesting. Um, I went to school um, at the University of Michigan which is in Ann Arbor and Ann Arbor is an extremely blue bubble. So the last four years I was living in like one of the most liberal cities in the country um, similar to where you are right now. It's like it's it's very very liberal um, and so there it was it was interesting living in that bubble I think um, it was important to kind of solidify my political views. I do lean pretty far left and like living in Ann Arbor, it was, it was a good place for me to solidify my political views. Now, Detroit, the city itself is also very blue. It has like a majority black population. I think it is a city that has the highest black population in the United States. And so the city of Detroit itself is like actually very blue. But if you come out to where I grew up, which is a suburb just a little bit outside of Detroit, that's actually mostly red. 
Okay. So it's like a very interesting mix. So basically like the really high population centers in Michigan, so mostly Southeast Michigan where Detroit is, where Ann Arbor is, those are like really, really, really blue spots. So like you noticed in this election, Michigan actually flipped blue. And that's because so many people in Detroit and so many people in Ann Arbor came out to vote. Um, But if you go to like any of the other counties in Michigan, or if you look at a county by county map, most of Michigan is red. It's just like there's a couple counties that are like blue bubbles. Um, And so that's like a really interesting thing about Michigan. Um, And so my daily life has changed a lot from living in college and now I'm working remotely in my suburban town. Um, So in college, everyone was like always talking about their political views. We were always like very like gung-ho about being liberal and everything like that. Like we were always like that. But here, you know, you got to tone it back a little bit. You have to be respectful of other people. You know, you can't go around saying things that are like very angry or anything like that. And sometimes even like some of my friends here are a little more conservative about putting up, you know, political signs in their yard because they don't want to start fights with their neighbors. Um, So I think now that I don't live in that bubble, you have to be really mindful of what um, your neighbors think or, you know, how you want to interact with people around you day to day. It's just you're trying to be you know, a little more pleasant to everybody and make sure that, you know, everyone's being friendly. So that's, that's kind of what it's like to not live in a bubble anymore. Um, And that's kind of like what my daily life looks like is trying to be civil, polite and friends with people who may disagree with my views that live, you know, across the street or next door. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, Something just caught my attention. You said something about political signs. Do do political signs actually cause like that sort of like angry interaction between people or? Um, unfortunately they do. Um, so, so far in our neighborhood, we haven't really seen anything like that, thankfully. Um, there's like a good mix of, I would say like Trump 2020, Biden-Harris 2020 signs, like they've been around. But I mean, there have been a lot of cases where signs are vandalized. Um, I had a few friends who live a couple towns over who told me that their neighbors got very upset with them for having a specific sign out in front of their yard. Um, And then uh, driving around the city, I've also seen quite a few vandalized signs of either political party. So seen a couple like Trump signs with like spray paint on them and someone had torn up a Biden sign. So on both sides, there's a little bit of like animosity and vandal- like vandalism of, of signs. So I think that's a weird thing that we don't really think about is like what we keep in our yard. Um, but that's ended up being like a really big issue for people in a batter- battleground state, I think. Yeah, that, that's very interesting actually. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, you were talking about the friendships, neighbors, these mm-hmm. political signs. Uh, so has politics, interfered in or shaped any of your friendships and if so how um well I would say like out of my immediate friend groups and you know the people that our family interacts with we're all we're all pretty much in the same boat in terms of where we lean politically um but I would say that I have a few friends who 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 are of like different political views than I am but at the end of the day those people are kind and they're understanding and we can agree to disagree and that's kind of where we are like it's the political tension is not enough for me to say oh I don't want to be friends with you anymore but the most important thing about people as long as they're kind 
as long as they're accepting, as long as they're willing to be like, oh, I understand your point of view, even though I disagree with it, then I think, you know, you can maintain friendships like that. So it's been hard to to understand where that line is of like, how do you decide that you want to keep somebody in your life? Like, especially if you have such differing political views. But I think the main thing that anyone needs to think about when you keep any friend is, are they kind to you? Do they understand you? Um, and yeah, so that's that's the one thing I've decided to really prioritize if somebody has different political views than I do. Okay, that's really good because I've, I've so from some other people I know, I've just heard like, I don't know, they've like lost friends because of political arguments and I know that they can get really tense and stuff like that. So yeah, so I'm happy that that's not too much of an issue, but it's, yeah, it's definitely important to focus on exactly how you're interacting with others. Uh, mm -hmm. So how have the, we've sort of covered this throughout what we've talked about so far, but mm -hmm. how have these increased political tensions in Michigan uh, really affected your life in general? So I, I mean, I, I know that Michigan's kind of been in the news lately because there was a plot to kidnap our governor. <laughs> um, um, the president doesn't really like our governor very much. Um, there have been protests all over Michigan um, with like armed protesters with machine guns and things like that, like showing up at, the, at our state capitol and storming the capitol. Um, so it's been scary for people who I think, you know, work in the government of Michigan. And it's it's a lot of tension, I would say, like reading the news and seeing that people were arrested because they wanted to like, kidnap our governor or that people are showing up with guns in front of the governor's house or they're threatening poll workers. You know, like th that's something that recently happened is that a group of protesters came in while they were counting votes and they were threatening poll workers. So this stuff it's, it's very scary because you think that political views wouldn't cause people to, you know, grab their guns and things like that. But now that's like all of a sudden a possibility that if you say something or you have a view that someone doesn't like, then the automatic reaction for a lot of people in the state is to grab a machine gun and show up at the state capitol. So I think it's very scary in that sense. Like, um, yeah, Michigan's been a very, very interesting space, but obviously my life is not in danger. No one showed up at my house like that or anything, but, you know, it's happening not that far away that there are, you know, violent protests, there are people, you know, storming election workers and things like that. So it's always something to keep in mind that it's not so close to like, not so far from home. But I'm obviously safe. Yeah. I'm doing great. So yeah, it's like a little bit of tension, you know, because you're always worried what's going to happen next here. But I am okay. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah. yeah, you really have to be like accountable of what you're saying because, <laughs> oh my yeah. God. <laughs> anyway, so have there, you talked about this a little bit earlier and mm -hmm. I want to come back to it a little bit, but have there been any like larger political rallies or demonstrations or protests or any sort of that stuff near you? And what has been the effect of them in your community? Mm -hmm. Well, there has definitely been two major types of rallies. Um, obviously, two of the major ones would be your Black Lives Matter movement rallies. And those have been happening in all like all these like suburban cities. People are getting together and they're marching. Um, and so there have been quite a few Black Lives Matter protests. They happen almost daily in the city of Detroit. Oh, really? Uh, 
even now, I think, yeah, people are always demonstrating there are a lot of organizations. Um, so that's been very, very strong. Um, and then what has also been strong are a lot of the anti-masking protests. So those happen quite often as well um, in terms of like demonstrations. But yeah, those are the two main kinds of demonstrations. And so far they haven't, like none of them have been extremely violent. Obviously in Detroit, there have been a lot of, a lot of claims, which I wanna say are true um, of police brutality. Yeah. Um, so that's been, those have been violent. You know, there've been a lot of people who've been like tear gassed and things like that. Um, so those have gotten violent from what I understand. Um, but in terms of like the anti-masking ones, those have been fine so far, other than the fact that they're heavily armed <laughs> and they're ready to kidnap the governor. So it's it's hard. There are a lot of d- demonstrations going on everywhere. And sometimes these demonstrators meet and there's a lot of anger and a lot of animosity. Um, and I hope that those do not get violent. I hope that they, they, yeah. they stay nonviolent but it's it's tough i mean there are demonstrations here i would say almost every day it's pretty crazy every that almost every day that that sounds like a lot honestly i mean i would say they're probably not as bad right now i think during the election there were definitely a lot of demonstrations like people were out celebrating which was I, i think is a type of demonstration um and then i mean on election day as well, like there was a Republican demonstration where a lot of people came into the Detroit poll center where they were counting votes and they were protesting outside of the um, polling center. So all different kinds of demonstrations and whenever like, you know, a political situation arises or whenever the government or the governor, whenever she releases like a new set of coronavirus guidelines, there's always a counter protest to that. So every time there's like a political high or something happens, you know, there's always people who come out and they they protest. And that's been, I mean, there've been so many political incidents in America so often in like the last few months. So there's always something or the other going on here. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> Just trying to like take it all in. <laughs> yeah. Um, so now for many people, uh, sort of going back to a little bit before the election, do you, in a sort of in a place where you you're always having to like challenge your views um mm-hmm. because you're having so many like you're having so many different groups like and they're all telling you different information so you mm-hmm. have to constantly challenge your views right so do you mm-hmm. think that deciding like who to vote for becomes more difficult in a battleground state um and uh and why exactly <laughs> I, don't know. I definitely think it can be i mean like, I think with me, obviously, like, I've always leaned a certain direction, um, but there are a lot of people who are, like, for example, are, you know, have been lifelong Republicans, but they don't necessarily agree with this current administration. For them, it's really difficult because they hold all these Republican values, but then, you know, maybe they disagree with the way the president behaves, they disagree with the current administration, and for them, it's really difficult. They're, like, kind of... do like, who do I vote for? Like, do I vote for all these values that that I disagree with and I vote Democrat? Or do I vote for this, you know, this administration that I really don't like? So I think for a lot of people who are Republicans or people who are kind of in the middle are really confused because, you know, voting blue one way is like maybe voting against a lot of things they disagree with. And then voting red is voting against a whole other 
set of things they disagree with. So for a lot of people, you know, voting in a battleground state is, is, is really tough. And what also makes voting in a battleground state so difficult is because your vote like really, really counts. Yeah. yeah Cause like, you know, like for, like for you, you know, like your state is just assumed to go blue, right? Like, yeah. Right. But in Michigan, like people who vote, like it, every vote matters because it depends on what color it's going to go. So I think there's a lot of added pressure for people who maybe are undecided. They don't know which way to go. They're like, oh, wow, my vote really, really matters. So it's a lot of added pressure. But that's a pro too. Like, I mean, if you if, if you know who you want to vote for, then voting in a battleground state is pretty cool. But for people who are really stressed and they don't know what to do, it's a lot of pressure. Oh, yeah, because like for in a state like Washington, a lot of the times in federal elections, mm-hmm. like voting um, Republican or conservative, a lot of the t- a lot of the times, not all the time, mm-hmm. it's almost like you're. It's almost almost like sort of wasting your vote because you just the uh, Washington's just assumed to be blue most of the time, right? right. Um, at least in these recent elections. So, uh, how has this election really affected the people throughout Michigan and? Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard. I think it's really sad because people are just, I think, primed now to hate more than to be nice to somebody. Um, so it's like, oh, you know, you're going for, for a walk or you're in the grocery store and someone is not wearing a mask, then people who are wearing masks are going to be like, oh, my God, this person is a terrible person. And someone who's not wearing a mask is going to look at someone who is wearing a mask and go, oh, my gosh, this guy, this guy is a terrible person. So it's like you have all these like physical ways to just immediately judge someone. And that's really tough here in Michigan because there's so many people who are on one side and so many people on the other. And where I live, you interact with those people all the time. So it's really, really hard when you just immediately, like, without even talking to someone, just walking past them, you're already making judgments about each other, Right. you know? So it's like, it's, it's really tough that way, I think. Um, but yeah, that's what I would say. It's really, it's really tough that way. I think it's just that you're immediately judging people that walk past you, or if someone's, you know, wearing a Trump shirt or someone's wearing a Biden shirt, like you're immediately making those judgments about someone. And then there's so many people of both sides, you're making judgments about everybody around you. And, and I think that's what makes it hard right now to be in Michigan. Oh yeah. That's, that's, that's very difficult because mm-hmm. I, at least like I've stated over and over again in Washington, sort of or like in Mercer Island specifically, there's, uh, I mean, of course there's definitely varying views, but wherever I walk, let's say I walk into a grocery store, everyone's wearing a mask. It's not right. you're ne- like you're never going to see someone without a mask at a grocery right. store. I, I don't think they'll even allow you in, honestly. <laughs> uh, so uh, keep like on this whole election track, are there any notable experiences that you're willing to share that you that are associated with this election or this time specifically that you've had? Um. Notable experiences. Wow. Um, well, I would say the election was a notable experience. Yeah. Uh, that was wild. Um, it was such a wild time and it's still wild. It's still going on. Everything is just absolutely crazy, right? Like, I mean, we thought the election is over, but you know, the president is challenging a lot of those, a lot of those results. And I, I don't think we're going to have a clear answer for a really long time. 
Um, but I would say notable experience is just watching those numbers come in um, in ways that we weren't expecting. Um, I remember thinking personally, obviously, I, I'm, I'm very happy that Michigan went blue. Um, but I remember I went to bed on election night around 2 or 3 a.m. after watching all the results. And I see Michigan is just so red. And I had worked for a senator who was um, who was had a really tight race this time. Um, and the senator is a Democrat and he is a great senator. I personally think he's fantastic. And I saw that his numbers were lower than the Republican challenger. And I was like, oh, no, I hope he wins. I hope he wins. And I went to bed at 3 a.m. and his numbers were not looking good. And I was like, it's not going to go well. Um, and I felt bad. You know, he was my guy. I worked for him for a few months. Um, I interned for him. And then I woke up and he was winning <laughs> because the way it works is that like Michigan started counting the mail-in ballots and all the mail-in ballots are blue. Um, so it was a really notable experience, like going to bed kind of sad and then waking up and seeing how great it is that people can now vote from home. And I thought that was really cool that Michigan really took advantage of that, that so many people could vote safely without risking, you know, getting COVID at a polling station. So, yeah, that was a really notable experience was just seeing how great it is that if voting is safe and easy, how many people, you know, how many people do it. Yeah, I remember on election on election night, my parents were just telling me, go to bed. It's a school night. I'm like, I don't want to go to bed. I want to just keep watching. I'm like, ah. <laughs> I know what you mean. Oh, it was it was a tough week for work. I was not sleeping. I had to be up early in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh so then uh yeah, it's been really nice talking with you so far. So I have one last question to end everything off. So we've been talking about all this like tensions. There's like a lot of like hate and animosity like going around and a lot of these battleground states and not even just battleground states, like even here in Washington, you can find like some of that tension still here. And so to end everything off, what positive qualities do you find similar between both people who consider themselves Democrat or Republican? So what I think is really great that's really started happening since 2016 is that both Democrats and Republicans are protesting. Um, and I think protesting is really cool. Like that is such a great way for people to get out, express their views, let politicians know what they're thinking. Like protests are really, really powerful. Obviously nonviolent protests, not violent protests, right. but nonviolent protests are a really, really important way to let politicians know, like we're here, we have these thoughts and we're upset. Um, and both, the Democrats and the Republicans have both been really, really taking advantage of this like constitutional right that we have. And I think it's so great that both parties are, you know, committed to their values enough to go outside of their homes, to express their views um, and to demand that they're heard. And like, that's what democracy is about. So I'm really glad that both parties are really taking advantage of that. Um, and I also think that both parties are, are voting. Like this is, so incredible that both parties are really encouraging each other to vote like republicans are telling other republicans like you know you need to get out there you need to vote they're asking everybody to exercise their rights and both parties in this election like turned out in huge numbers um and i thought that showed you know a lot of commitment on on either side of the aisle so i think especially at this election both parties showed like a huge exercise of democracy like they they both really you know showed up and I thought that was really great 
Yeah, that's important because like how how many people voted this year? A lot, right? Uh, yeah, I I mean I'm I'm forgetting the exact number and I don't want to say the wrong number. <laughs> it was yeah, I I remember looking at them like wow, that's a lot more than before. <laughs> oh, I I mean, I think Biden was up to last time I checked like 74 million votes. Yeah. And Trump was at 71 million. Like that's that's like that's the highest number of votes that any president has gotten like for both presidents like yeah. I mean, for both candidates I'm sorry yeah like that's just insane how many people turned out to vote and I'm I, I think it's so exciting that both parties did that yeah I, I, I hope this thing can continue because I remember feeling like really proud because our nanny she she didn't vote as much she didn't she didn't vote and we like this election we convinced her to vote and she actually oh. went out and voted so I'm like I'm happy that that sort of thing is like sort of spreading, right? So we can really like exercise that democracy. So yeah, that is all that I have. Uh, so anything that you want to add or? Well, I just want to say thank you for doing this. I'm really excited about being a part of this. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for joining us. This has been Sid Stroff here at 88.9 The Bridge. And this is Divided.